talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome back to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. We are now within two weeks of the football season starting. So this week's podcast, we're going to break down and preview the Western Big Six. We'll get to the other conferences around the area in the next week. But for right now, we're starting with the Western Big Six. And if we're previewing the Western Big Six, I brought in a special guest this week, sports director at WQAD, my former co-worker, Matt Randazzo. Matt Thank you so much for being here, for coming on to View from the West. I, I like to think, and we didn't invent podcasts, Greg, but like <laughs> when it comes to like local podcasts and, and, and high school stuff, we were there, you loved it. When you were at WQAD, this was like a thing that we wanted to get rolling. And I remember many late nights when, when Cuff was off, like on a Monday, you and yeah. I back in the sports office, yeah. knocking these out and stuff. So um, I love this. I've loved what you've done for the last year with the uh, spring season, especially and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I'm not trying to be overly nice and sugarcoat anything, but this is, you've been doing a fantastic job. So we love listening to it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of pumped to be here. I mean, I've been listening to, to nearly all of them. And when Pearson was on, man, like that was, cause there's so much inside stuff that I think everybody enjoyed the podcast, but there's inside stuff that like, if you know, working in the business, like, you know, kind of things that you guys are talking about and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's just awesome. And the coaches, and you know more than anybody, the coaches are so cool. So we're really lucky to have great coaches and all that. So the coaches' interviews are awesome, all that kind of stuff. I even listened to the uniform podcast today while I was working in the yard. All right. I love so, your love for uniforms. It's, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's so, like, the, the detail that you guys get into about the maker and the socks. And yeah. The, I mean, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Mitch Stormer is the perfect compliment to me talking uniforms because, man, that guy, he sees things that, that nobody sees and notices things, and that's what I makes thought it you so were great. crazy. I thought you were crazy about it, and then I listened to him, and I was like, wow, he may be crazier than you when it comes to <laughs> uniforms. And we know hashtag score UniWatch. That's we right. Know, we know how much you love uniforms and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I was just curious, like, Chip already loves you. Like you need to like kiss up to him that much. I mean, geez, you're going to get like the, you might get a pineapple when you go out to Orient after making him oh, <laughs> make it Orient the best, the best uniform. So that's, you know, I just, uh, well I, had, no, I had to be, stuff. I had to be honest about it. I, I think that's, you know, that's the top uniform and me and Mitch agreed on it almost the whole way. Um, so Dazzle, I'll put you on the spot then. What's your favorite uniform in the area? Almond. I knew you were going to say all of it. That's so weird. I'll I'll be honest with you. Like I was listening to it um, while my, my, my oldest Charlie and I were pulling weeds per my wife in our landscaping because we're landscaping the front. So like we had, that was like three hours today of just pulling weeds. And so we were listening to the podcast and that one came on and Charlie is not happy with you. He's like, what about Owlman? What about (laughs) Owlman? So you know what? Oh gosh. Cause I should have known that this was coming. When yep. I, I mean Geneseo's right there, um, I like the Moline new stuff. But before yep. they got the new stuff, I wasn't overly like it's good, but it wasn't like anything that stood out to me that much. Um, Rock Island, like honestly, like when you start talking about Rock Island, I agree. Like it has, you know, there's you, you they roll in and you know that's them. 
So yep. I'm basically naming as many as possible because I know all these dudes who listen to the podcast. I just know I'm like Welch. You know what? I better say Welch and UT before because I know he's listening too. But their their new uniforms are yes. really nice. Like yep. he's done a fantastic. I mean, he's done great with just you know re-energizing the program and, and basically rebuilding it. But um, that's one of the things with with the newer uniforms. I remember we did the stadium series on WQID during the yep. pandemic. I think he was sending me pictures of like the new uniforms they were going to wear if they have a season and all that. And they're really good too. So, um, yeah, I think I covered everybody. But probably <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. You're going to um, keep everybody happy. I, yeah. I'll say, Rock. I mean, I think all of us are good. Like, yep. I just don't know, like the, the things that you, the criteria you guys come up with, what was it? Didn't Mitch say something like, I didn't know they had all whites for on the road, which moved them up in my mind. Like last, <laughs> I was just like, wow, like you guys know more about that than like I know about my kids, <laughs> which isn't bad, yeah. but um, it was really good. Like it was, uh, it was entertaining. So yeah, I'll go Rocky, but Alleman because I have to, like okay. Father Mirabelli, like I just have to. Yep. I can see that. It's, it's understandable. So quickly, before we get into, <laughs> before we get into breaking down the storylines and the preview of the Western Big Six, we'll catch everybody up. So for those who don't know, I worked in local TV at WQAD alongside of Matt Randazzo. And Dazzo, you've been at WQAD since what, since when? 2001. Man, you are old. It was 20, it was 20 years this year. Wow. Now, mind you, I didn't roll in as like the head honcho or anything like that. I started behind the scenes for a year or two yep. and then did news like I'm sure you did and then kind of worked my way. So I would say probably doing sports for 18 and then sports director for 10. I think yeah. came over 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. So yeah. So, and your favorite three time. years were from 2014 to 2017 when I was working there, correct? It's, you know, I can't like, and Celia will listen to this too. And big Steve will probably listen to this too, but yep. it's hard to beat those three years. Our story <laughs> that like, it's funny because you were with the bad guys. I won't even say the names. So I was going to, yeah, so I, yeah no, to catch everybody up. So, and, and like, we're, we're, we're all, we all get along. So like, it's yeah. not like there, it's not like Anchorman where like we walk down the streets and fight and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's nothing like that, but like we're competitive. Yeah. Um, you know what? The only person I really wasn't competitive with was Pearson. Okay. But just yep. because I, I mean, I were, yeah. I was an intern with him and it was like, I mean, come and like Dan is that guy that like, if you need, if I ran out of a battery, he would, he taught me like, give him a battery. Like I've given other people batteries or tapes yep. or whatever, because like we're all in this together and stuff. So, um, and just the respect that I do, but like, I probably fibbed to you a few times, like in, and when we were competing with each other, yes. like about how many crews we had or where we were going and stuff. But when it opened up that like we had a position and we really wanted you to get him over here, um, it was close. And like, you guys were talking and you talked to our people and you were kind of talking to your people. And I won't get into all the millions of dollars that we're getting talked about, <laughs> yeah. and, right? but like, I wanted to seal the deal. I like, so we're up at state track. That's right. And so, we're so yeah, like, I was really busy state. I was working six. at I was working at KWQC, which is the competitor the competitor to WQAD. Um, so Channel Six and Channel Eight. I'm sure most people listening will know that. Um, so I was working at Channel Six, and you were working at Channel Eight. And I was like I said, I was working like I was covering sporting events while applying for the job with you, which made for a really yeah. interesting dynamic when I'm at a sporting event covering it. 
for channel six. You're there for channel eight. In the meantime, I'm like having negotiate, like, you know, talks about, am I possibly going to go to the competition? So yeah. So that's where we were I'm at. I'm telling you how great it, I'm going to tell you, how, and I'm telling you how great it's going to be the entire time. Like, Oh, we can do this and we'll do this. But like, I think it, what it came down to was it was a busy, busy Friday at state track and we're hungry yeah, and we had to grab lunch. And so I went upstairs and I bought you a hot dog and a, and a, and a Coke and brought it back down. And you're like, Oh, thanks, man. And he's like, you're like, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, unless you don't take the job, then you owe me like 1050. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what it, you can tell me now after all these years, that's what sealed the deal. Wasn't it? That's what sealed the deal. Yeah. Is, is it good? Is a darn good hot dog right when I needed it, you know, in the middle of editing. So, uh, yeah. And, and when you were with us is when we like, I mean, cause Fridays are crazy. Everybody knows that your yep. podcast with Dan kind of explained that, but like we decided to go to an to half hour. Yeah. That and was so something like, we talked like about. We yep. did, yeah. Yeah. And I felt like we did so much more, like we could build and expand and, and we're lucky. Celia's fantastic now. And Corey's with me as well. But like the three of us were just, it wasn't like a pecking order where it's like this guy, this guy, then this guy. It was like, we were all, and that's a sound, they sound to kind of be modest, but we're all good. We all, we all knew what we were doing. And so like we could expand and do more and think outside the box. So we did the half hour. We started doing mic'd ups. Yep. And um, we started doing the podcast. We so like, I feel like during the, the Greg years, <laughs> we expanded <laughs> so much because we had the ability to trust others, do others, and kind of think to do more than just grind out and get to the games we need to get to and put the 15 minute show on and stuff. So um, yeah, that was fun. And we did, we did the podcasts that were, and we did those up until the pandemic, which were fantastic and fun. And we got, I mean, I remember like both of us checking our phones, how many listens we had. Hey, did oh, you absolutely. This? we got this many listens and all that kind of stuff. So, and it's cool because, and you know, with this podcast too, like people listen, like coaches listen, players listen, fans listen, all that kind of stuff. So, and they kind of want to know what's going on, what you think and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Um, and and it, you broke our heart and left to go to Augie. Yeah. Um, but you've helped out since, I mean, like, and we're, this year you'll probably help out as well. And so like, that's the cool part is that, the, the relationship, the friendship and the, the working relationship still continues and all that kind of stuff. So that's good. Yeah, I, I would say if, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you'll have me back, I'll still be a WQAD, uh, the score contributor on Friday nights. So I think we're, we're working on, on, on signing a deal on air. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like the negotiations. Yeah. Polar pops, beverages afterwards. We're grilling out on the patio this year. So I love that. And burgers. And, yeah. That's great. I mean, I, yeah. we'll play a little, how about this? We'll put a little Dave Matthews band music on after the, after the, uh, on the patio afterwards. I can handle that. I can handle that. Yeah. Right. You're in. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're in. So. so yeah. So we, we worked together for three years and you, and you briefly re referenced it before. It wasn't exactly the anchorman situation, but like, I mean, I wouldn't say that like, I was going to invite you out for drinks after the show either. Like we weren't, we weren't hanging hated, out you, either. We, you hated me. <laughs> you hated hate, me. Hate is such a strong word, but. <laughs> And there were some nights it. where I was really annoyed. Well, I was just stupid. And like every, everything is a competition when it comes, especially on Friday We were competitive. And, and, and I think that's stuff. what made, made us and, both, you know, strive to do really good, put a really good product out there. And you know what it was like when you came over with like, cause there's that other show that like <laughs> everyone knows of because of Dan yeah. and what Dan did and how, what he built. But like, we thought we were doing something pretty good too. And, and like Dan's, Dan's helping us now. And so like, yeah. we just, you know, it was, and so, 
Um, but yeah, there were times I, that you'd be like, so how many games are you going to? And I'm like, uh, news. I'm, I'm, I'm flat out lying. I'm like, yes, and, and you would sandbag Pearson's completely. Pearson's going to listen to this and be like, Dazzo, don't lie. Like, I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I did. I was just like, oh, news took this and this. We're going to be lucky to get this many games. And I'd, I'd be even with like, somebody would be with me and they're like, no, no, we're not. I'm like, no. I just don't want him to know what's going on. Now, mind you, this is like 7.30 on a Friday night. There's nothing you could do. It's not no. like you're going to be like, oh, no. no. They're going to get this many games, so we need to call in, like, send the bat signal and get more people. It's like, <laughs> what's done is done at this point. And then, like, yeah, so I knew you. And then I'd see you, like, seems like you know a little better than what you thought. I'm just like, yeah, we got lucky and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but now that just, that has blossomed into this, and now I'm on your podcast and, like, yep, man. Yep. A small world. <laughs> All right. Let's talk. Let's talk some Western Big Six football. If we still have any listeners left waiting for this Western None. Big Six preview. Uh like the coaches like hammers probably sitting here going, shut up. Like get to get to the rocks. Get to the so yeah, we better start talking football. All right. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll go to the Western Big Six standings and on IHSA.org, they're in alphabetical order, starting with East Moline. So that's where we're gonna start. Head coach Nick Welch and the United Township Panthers. I don't know what else more we could possibly say about what they did last year to, you know, change the narrative of UT football and to really get a whole program and a whole school community, however you want to phrase it, excited for Friday nights. And I think it's one thing to do it in the spring, but now to be heading into a fall season, you know, there's so much ahead of this program um, so it, it's really exciting, but also, you know, as we're going to, you know, kind of dive into here, there, there's some work to be done. They, they got a lot of guys. It's going to be new faces this year for the United Township Panthers, for sure. Well, I feel like we deserve like, um, an assist for last year because the media was used as motivation with this team. It's to very get true. Them, like it was, it was them against, well, I get it. I, yep. I remember when I first heard it and like coach Welch was like, you know, it's us against everybody. The media doesn't believe in us. And, and I was like, what, what does he mean the media? Cause we never, we never, I don't, know, I don't do any predictions or anything. I hope you're not asking me to make predictions at the end of this, but, but I did hear that like there was, you can help me out with some guy who does predictions throughout the state. Is it Steve yeah, so it's, or whoever? Yeah, Steve Susie, who um, he's kind of like the, you know, IHSA football guru, you know, he, they cover yeah. the whole state and he's always the one who has playoff predictions and he pretty much nails it. He can do the, you know, do the smart man math and figure out the geography of it all. And he usually gets the playoff predictions right, you know, but that being said, before a season starts, he usually puts out his predictions and he said, oh, and six for UT. Yeah. And a lot well, of it, that made I mean, me feel better. <laughs> a lot of it is he bases it off of previous year's records and, you know, all kinds of things that aren't really, you know, he may not know X's and O's of that particular team. So he just kind of, you know, took a prediction and threw it out there and it was easy bulletin board material for coach Welch yeah. and for the players, obviously, and, and good for them because they responded to it and they got the job done. They, I, I'll tell you, my story with UT is when we did the co the stadium series because during COVID, we're looking for anything to fill shows and all that kind of stuff. So we did a stadium series, and I think you voted. I'm sure you yeah, voted. Yeah, I did, on, yeah. Like your best stadium stuff. Yep. So I think the Soul Bowl was fourth, which it's it's fantastic. It's real, especially with the the um, the, the new turf, and then they have like a Panther eyes on that brick wall back there, and I think That's they're going to cool. do more with it and stuff. So 
So we were over, and I can remember talking to him and going to interview him. And he wasn't just selling me like coach talk. He was super excited for last season. And you could tell that they were going to break through and they were going to be, I don't know how good. Now, mind you, at this time, we're thinking, are we going to play in the fall? We're hoping to play in the fall, a full season. Will they make the playoffs? All that kind of stuff. So when he was one of the guys that when the season went down and maybe kicked to the spring, and we're hoping the spring at that point, that I was really, like, I felt bad for it. Because I thought, yeah. he, you know what, if, if, if they weren't going to be good, then he's the best salesman I've ever met in my life. Because you could, like, he was all in with, and he had me believing, like I was ready to go. And so um, it was good to see what, and the thing is with them, they got off to a slow start. Yeah. And they lost to Quincy. Yep. And then I was there for their game at UT. And you'll understand this. I got to the Rocky UT game and I looked at the scoreboard and I'm just guessing there was probably like three minutes left in the half. Yep. And I'm like, it was one of those nights where like, I don't have like this time to sit at halftime. This stinks. So I hustle in. I got four touchdowns in that three minutes, two from each team. So yeah. they were rolling back and forth with Rock Island and exchange, exchanging punches and Rocky ended up winning, but it was a close game. And then they broke through against Moline that next week. And after that, they kept rolling. And it's funny, you start with UT because of alphabetical order, although East Moline is what we're talking about. How, well, yeah. That's how we get them to alphabetical order. Yeah. But um, honestly, going into this, when you called me and said, hey, let's talk about the Western Big Six, I don't know why in my mind, and Coach Schlemmer won't like this, but I was like, yeah, UT won the Western Big Six. Like, that's how good they were. That like Sterling won it at five and one, yep. but UT was four and two and they beat Sterling in the season. Now Sterling is the Western Big Six champion. I'm not saying that they're not, but that's how good UT was. They won their last four games. They went to Sterling and beat Sterling. So yep. I know we've harped a lot about what their, their spring season was, but it was, it was really, really good. And hats off to them. And as you mentioned though, they have a lot to replace from last year. I know that Celia went over there last week. They lose 25 seniors. I know 12 juniors, I think, back. So there's, there's some interesting pieces and some interesting um, uh, some guys that he's excited about. But when you, And we'll talk about those in a second. But when you talk about UT, the culture is there, Greg. Like yep. That culture is built. And I think that's the biggest thing with United Township is they got over that hump and they got over it quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't like a slow build. It's an impressive job from what Nick Walsh has done. And he's got kids excited in that building, coming out to play football and believing in Panther football. Yeah, looking down the list of, you know, some players that Coach Welch has identified as some impact players. He gave me a big list. I'll name, I'll name a few of them here. If you have any more that you see, uh, go ahead and fill in. Uh, Matthew Kelly's a sophomore, uh, going to start at quarterback. And uh, Coach Welch seems pretty high on him. Um, yeah. And also uh, Daryl Stewart is a senior running back, listed at running back, but also played safety last year. Uh, 35 tackles was a second team all area selection. So that's, that's a big senior leader coming back for this team. Um, looking down the list, um, Damas Slater is listed as a wide receiver. He's a senior, but on the other side of the ball, he's also listed as a defensive back. So someone that missed the spring, but he started nine games as a sophomore. So the experience is there, okay. you know, so um, those are a couple guys, you know, looking down the list, but then, you know, the key is some other names that we need that, that now need to fill in, you know, that need to step up and be that, um, you know, that next man it, up mentality. And like coach Welch kind of referenced in his, in his preview that he sent to me, it's about maturing quickly, you know, it's becoming, you know, not a junior, but becoming, you know, that experienced football player, regardless of age, you know, you got to kind of step in. And I think the other thing for this team is um, 
they have to be the team that wins a turnover battle. And they also probably looking at some of the games you talked about last year, they got to make some stops. I think that's a theme for several teams in the Western big six. Um, You know, you can win a shootout, but if you have an offense that's not as experienced as a year ago, I think getting more stops is going to be critical. Right. I mean, wouldn't you think. You, You bring that up. Do you, and I don't know if the coaches love this narrative, but I mean, Look at the scores of the games. It was a high-scoring conference during the spring. Does yep. that continue? I mean, there were some dynamic guys that are gone. Um, uh, Kane Smith and, yep. and just on United Township. And, and Gadeen, Gadeen, his Gadeen quarterback, was, quarterback. you know, was electric, yeah. But you look, and we'll get in the conference, but Rocky, Rocky returns Eli Reese and that offense. Alec Ponder's back at, at Moline yep. and what they can do. I mean, there's some good – but, like, am I – there was – it was really high-scoring in the spring. I Do you joked, see that? Yeah. Again? I mean, I joked last year that it was the it was the Western Big 12. You know, they're playing Big 12 college football is what it was. And I don't know that – I don't know that every – I don't know that all the coaches appreciated that. I'm not ragging on defenses. What I'm saying is these are some of the best offenses that we've seen yeah. in the area and maybe some of the best offensive football that I've seen in the Western Big Six in my time here, right? I mean, I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, I don't normally go to games in which I can stay for three minutes and get four touchdowns. Yeah, that exactly. happen all the time. No, but yeah. like they were, they were dynamic offenses and, and they, they played really well. And there's some interesting guys coming back. So yeah. And like what you said with United Township is, is 100%. It's, they have the ability to though, to like um, coach Welch can do that again. It can be us against the world because the doubters are they're going to see 25 seniors that left from this team that was really good during the spring. And they're going to say like, kind of, we did, Hey, some guys got to step up. They got to play better. And that's exactly what that coaching staff is going to repeat to his players. Yep. I think the talent is, is definitely there. The numbers are there. It's just getting these guys to get on the same page. And, and I'm very intrigued by a Matthew Kelly, sophomore quarterback, Mm-hmm. Maybe not even just this year, but boy, if he's, if he's a, if, to, 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 to project him out, what he'll be like in the United Township offense under Nick Welch with those offensive coaches for three years, that's, that's exciting to think about and what they can do with that. So um, yeah. And, and the great, great atmosphere over there at the United Township, the Soul Bulls rocking. It was rocking the spring. They should be a lot of fun to, to see how they do this fall. I'm, I'm trying to think of who they start with. Do you remember off the top of your head? Yeah, so they'll start with Chicago Lindblom. They'll be at home okay. against Lindblom out of Chicago. So um, gotcha. it's, it's hard to tell based on – I don't remember. You know, it's hard to find what these teams did last year, you know, some of these non-conference yeah. opponents. So, you know, I think that's a – you know, usually if you're looking at teams coming out of the Chicagoland area, usually you can, you know, know that you're going to be competitive. There's not a lot of the – Chicago schools that come in here and really blow the doors off. There's some, there have been some, but for the most part, when you schedule that non-conference game, it's going to be competitive. So that's their first one at home. And I'll tell you what, last thing on UT is that in this entire conference, the coaches, and we've always had great, I mean, come on, Vic Boblet and Dave DeJager and Todd DePorter and so on and so forth. We've always had, but, and this isn't now saying the guys I just mentioned are old, but like, the young, dynamic, energetic coaches that are in the Western Big Six are really fun. And they're fun to work with with us and um, Nick. Well, I'm, I mean, when Nick came from Sherrard, not a lot of people knew who he was. 
I think the first time I went over there and chatted with him, I was on board. I was like, this yep. kid, this guy, give him time. Or was mm-hmm. I wrong? I was like, give him time. Hopefully they don't want to want a winner in two, three years. Give him time and you'll get it right. Heck, he proved me wrong with that because he didn't need as much time as we thought. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, coming into the situation he was in, he was the fourth head coach in six years or something. I mean, it was, you know, the yeah. track record was not great for the position he was stepping into. And he's, you know, he has been able to do what so many tried to do. And, you know, so hopefully he can keep that going. Um, you know, last thing you kind of mentioned, you know, Matthew Kelly, he coach Welch said they're going to be young, but he thinks that they have explosive players on the offensive side of the ball, that they'll still have that big play potential. And so I, you know, I'm excited because that's, you know, that's, that's the challenge is to, is to get those kids ready to go. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Let's move down the list going to Galesburg. Galesburg's almost in the exact opposite situation that UT is in. They don't have nearly the players that they need to replace. They have a lot of guys coming back and a lot of guys that showed flashes. I think their record only ended up being two and four in the spring, but they had a lot of guys that showed a lot of potential. Um, Grant Ayton was the quarterback that looked really good in the beginning of the season, but got hurt, I think maybe in the second game of the year. So that, that was, you know, that was a step back for this Galesburg program. And um, they had Tristan Legate step up as a sophomore and it played well. So that's good that you have two guys there now coming, both coming back at quarterback position. Uh, Alex and Dre Egyptiaco, they've both been playing since they were, I think, sophomores. And they've and been like just settles, like they've been here forever. Like, they, yes, I, we've been, but there's two of them. So that's why it feels like they've been here for uh, super dynamic guys on the outside. Yeah. Yep. But then you also start looking down the list. Um, Damian Thomas who I think led the team in tackles last year, is back again. Hunter Davina, who is like a fullback, but also did a lot of work um, on the defensive side of the ball, is back. So, you know, we've just right there named about six or seven guys that were impact players a year ago that are all going to be here. Um, So I should, uh, Derek Blackwell is the new head coach out there. He takes over for Washaba. Um, Coach Blackwell is a Galesburg graduate. And also was yeah. an assistant coach for the last several years. So I think I like that he steps into a situation where he's familiar with these players. These players are experienced. And so the program, sure, it's in different hands with a new head coach, but it's probably not going to be that much different. So the change factor is limited for these guys, which I think is a good thing. If you want to keep that momentum going, I really like the potential that Galesburg had. I liked it last year. And I think that they just, you know, injuries and some tough losses um, didn't quite get the record where they want to go. But I think Galesburg's right in the mix. I, I do think they could finish top of the conference or up in the top half. They, um, I mean, you, yeah, he's been there for 12 years as an assistant. Um, okay, yep. And I know his coaching staff, I want to say like I read four of his assistants are all guys that have played at Galesburg and had played playoff football at Galesburg, which is, yep. which is, which is interesting too. So I know that like, and I read an article, but also talking to some people down at Galesburg, their theme is, is reconstruct, reconstruct, reconstruct greatness. Yep. Um, and if you look, their field house is being redone. Um, their school is being rebuilt basically. And so yeah. they want to reconstruct this football program. And it wasn't that far off. I mean, you listen to the guys that you just mentioned, there, there's a ton of talent on that team. Um, 
and they went two and four last year. I know they had two losses that were like by four or three or like real two real close losses. And then the other two losses were, were within two touchdowns. It wasn't anything like they never got blown out. So yeah, you look two and four, flip that. That they could easily be four and two or better. So it's getting those last second victories and, and making those plays down the stretch to, to kind of get two victories. So um, great environment down there. I think that stadium is, is so underrated. It's a really too. cool place to watch it. And that field house at the, the, I would say North end zone is, is really cool <laughs> that they run out of. It's one of the end zones, South North. I'm trying to figure it out as they go. Yeah. But um, yeah, just, uh, and, and, and so I'm excited. I don't really know coach Blackwell very much. I'm going to try to hook up with him sometime this week and kind of a good way to mention, and we'll mention a little bit towards the end, but the Western big six banquet is this weekend. So right, I'm yeah. hoping to talk to him before that banquet and, and get a little feel for him. But um, boy, talk about something that we missed doing last year because of COVID. So um, it's this Wednesday, um, or August 18th, uh, six o'clock, I think, at the uh, Rock Island Botanical Center. So, and tickets are available. So get out there and support your team and kind of celebrate having football back again in the fall and stuff. So, but yeah, um, Galesburg's an interesting story. And I, I think you're exactly right. The Egyptiacos are fantastic football players. And I'm, I'm curious to talk to Coach Blackwell. We should probably know this, but <laughs> going into the podcast, but who is your quarterback? And I yeah. think Grant, I might be wrong with this, but Grant played wide receiver his freshman year because his brother Connor was at quarterback. That sounds correct. And then yep. when Connor got hurt, he moved into the quarterback position. So I'm curious if Grant's moving out will play a different position. They're yeah. going to play two quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff. But bottom line is the talent's there. And I so, think so. Um, and you mentioned it's not a complete, like we'll talk about the, there's one other head coach, I think, in the Western Big Six at Alleman yep. and completely different staff and, and, and different um, – uh, a lot of different players and all that kind of stuff. This isn't that situation. They could hit the ground running. and But yeah, so Galesburg will be interesting to say that for sure. And you're, you might laugh when I say this, but I think the Western Big Six is a better conference in the years when Galesburg is good. And when they're right in the mix to potentially win the conference, I don't know what it is. I just think it makes for a, a better football season. I, I don't know. Am I wrong? Is that weird? You want to know what it is? It's the fact that you got one of the best fights in the history of Friday nights. Bird pride, baby. That's true. Bird pride. Bird pride, baby. That's right. That was. So it was what? It was 2016. I was thinking about 20, that. It probably would have been like 2016 or 2015. Um, it was a overtime game. It was a game where Galesburg was down by like 14 or 21 at the half. And um, the one big play I remember was they went up top to Josh Eicher, who was a junior at the time. Uh, I mean, an all state sprinter, state champion sprinter. They went up top down the sideline to him and he had a beat on a guy. Of course he did. Cause he's that darn fast. And he yeah. just, I'll never forget the, the speed he had to close out that touchdown. It was like, no one was, they were within 10 when they started. They weren't within 25 when he ended that touchdown run. Yeah. And so that was, that got him back into it. They went into overtime. They scored on the opening possession. And then the same kid that scored the touchdown had a fumble recovery to seal the win in overtime. And I talked to the kid right after the game on the field. And I asked him like one question. And all he said was, 
Bird pride. That's all I can say. Bird pride, baby. And he just runs off into his like teammates who are right behind him. And it was, it was the greatest. Yeah, it was so fun. So I'll let, I'll let you in in a little secret. Sometimes the WQAD promotions isn't the greatest, but we (laughs) had that as a commercial. We had that as a commercial, like the next Monday, it was like, boom. Yep. And it was well worth it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you have a heart, you have, you have a, so we could do a whole podcast on the, on these spots and Greg and Greg's, um, heart for certain schools and, and Galesburg's got a little 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 soft spot in there for you I do yep I'm always looking out for Galesburg that's very true all right let's go down the list to another team that I think again very interesting and I think could be right in the mix because of some of the flashes we saw in the spring that's Geneseo here's a program I don't think we need to tell anyone historically always a playoff team and that hasn't been the case. That wasn't the case in, in 19. Um, but looking at it now, a revamped offense, which I think was a work in progress last year. But when you look at the way they finished the season, I do think that with a full summer and now some fall practices right now, I think that this is a team that could be really interesting because it's still an offense that people aren't used to in Geneseo. So there's still things that I think other coaches have to scheme against that, you know, they're just getting there. They're just now getting that game film all in. So what, what do you think about Geneseo? It's They're going to be interesting. I think. You mentioned it because I think last year they probably dropped their first couple games. Yep. And are during the spring. And I'm like, this is interesting. This is, and I remember they were playing pioneers on a Saturday and I'm like, and Alaman had just beaten Moline, I want to say, or something like that. And they were had, they were trending one way. Geneseo was kind of trending the other way and Alman got off to a really good start out in Geneseo on a Saturday and I remember I was I wasn't working but I had looked at my phone and I was like oh okay like you know Alman's doing well early and then I think in the second half like Geneseo just dominated and that like they hit the ground running after they go to Rock Island and they beat Rock Island team that's really good we'll talk about Rock Island in a second but they that had, was a big win had, yeah yeah they had they had, I mean Rock Island is as talented as you get last year and they go to Rock Island and win that game. And so, like, they have some signature victories. They played well, especially late. And we talk about the coaches in this conference. There's not a guy I have, I mean, arguably, when it comes to respect for a coach, Larry Johnson's right there. I mean, he just does it the right way. I, we'll go back to that stadium series that I did. I don't know I keep on referencing it. But just sitting and talking with him after we chatted with him about Bob Reed Field, um, he just – he, he's in he's in it for all the right reasons he's kids first um all that kind of stuff so and he's just in obviously his dad is a legend as well so um trusting it's funny that i, I don't want to say I doubted geneseo last year but when they were trending the wrong direction um i remember after they won a few games and they got rolling i was like silly me like what was i thinking like what, yeah how dare i doubt yeah. what's going on in geneseo and and you mentioned on your guys's um uh podcast about the uniforms tradition and you mentioned you said it perfect when it comes to Saturdays of playoff football you roll into Bob Reed Field and you see that green popping and the stadium full and and that's that's high school football at its finest so um I know they're, they're they've struggled some we'll talk players a little bit but with some injuries already which is unfortunate to hear but um yeah I think that new offense is going to continue to do great things and the fact that and Geneseo, you're going to play deep. Now, is, is it the days where it's like Geneseo, Geneseo football and 
it used to be it's Geneseo football, so they're going to be seven two, eight and one, nine and zero, oh, and they're going this far. And and they could do that this year. I'm not saying they're not, but everything else is really good too, you know. And they're in the Western Big Six now, and that's different. I mean, it's it, no offense to to conferences of the past, but the Western Big Six is a dogfight every single night, and you're you you bring Sterling with you, but now you have Rock Island and and Alleman and Moline and all these other teams you're playing. So um, interesting to see what they do this year, but um, I, hopefully they get healthy quick and they can play really well and we'll see what they do in Geneseo. Yeah. You know, you kind of referenced it. I have heard that there are a few players that were injured in the spring, some key players that were injured in the spring that will not be available in the fall. So that's, you know, for as much as we've talked about how exciting it is that, you know, football's back again. Like we just had football. Now it's back. That's kind of the ugly downside to it is that we've heard several different stories like that where kids, you know, got hurt and it's a, you know, nine month year, potentially 12 month recovery. And they're just not there. They're not going to be ready. Um, I think it sounds like once again, uh, go figure Geneseo is going to have a good line. They're going to, they're going to be solid at the line position. That's kind of a key to what they do. You know, we do what we do. Um, I think they'll have what's (laughs) They'll have the well, skill. And Larry, you know it with the with the uh, with the previews. Yep. Larry Johnson will say we do what we do. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. Yep. You know, and the seniors are going to. This is their team. They're going to yeah. lead this team, and they're going to take just. We can write the preview now. <laughs> to a certain extent, though, they kind of did reinvent the wheel. Like, yeah, they were passing no. a lot. So, um, but yeah, I think that um, you know, the question becomes, you know, do they have those skill positions then, depending on injuries? Do they have the skill positions to fit that offense they want to run? I do think the big key to the success will be getting those guys integrated in the summer and being able to work through it. You know, whereas in the spring, it was kind of that like shotgun start. Like we got to go now, here we go, ready or not. And for what they were trying to do, that's tough, you know? So with a little more time, a little more prep, you know, they could be um, right there. So they open at home against uh, Chicago Noble. So another Chicago team traveling in, which that's a kind of a Geneseo standard. They usually have a non-conference Chicago team come in, um, yep. you know, to they Bob Reed Field. Three of, they, they used to have three of them that would come in every year um, <laughs> when they weren't in that can that's for big six. So, yeah. um, and one other thing, um, come Wednesday at the coaches banquet, I will make fun of a lot of coaches. I got a list of like 10 of things I'm going to try to make fun of yeah. people about. Let me know if you have anything for Larry Johnson. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't think I have the ability or the, the, um, the uh, guts to, to make fun of that man. So well, nor do I want to. So I, if you come up with anything, let me know. Yeah. And now he, he hasn't been in the Western big six, obviously, you know, he's still new to the Western big six, but wouldn't you say like, he's kind of the Dean of the Western big six coaches, right? I mean, I mean, I think I'm trying to think who's been with the school longest. It's got to be Coach Johnson. Uh, maybe Coach Little down in Quincy. I don't know how long he's been there, but um, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you look, Larry Johnson seems like he's kind of the you know, he's the dean. That's how the, many the best years, way I can describe how, it. How many? How many years has Geneseo and Sterling been in the league now? This will be you the third football season, I believe. Okay, that's what I kind of thought. Yeah. And Sterling's won it both times they've been in it. So they've never not won it, right? That's true. Yep. Yep. Because um, that was their first loss in the Western Big Six. It was. UC. Yep. 
It was, yeah. That, we'll I mean, get that, to them. We'll get to them. Sorry. That's right. That's right. The card ahead of the horse. All right. So we're moving on to a team that, um, you know, has had success over the past four or five years. Last year, we're looking at Moline. Last year, finished at two and four. But again, kind of like what we said with Galesburg, there's a lot more talent there than what a two and four record indicates. Am I right? Yeah. And, and, you know, um, if you talk to coach Morrissey last year, which is one of my favorite people too, and he, and he would, he would let you know right away that they're super young. Yep. And then even if you didn't ask him, he would let you know that they're super young. <laughs> I think he, he'd answer the phone by just saying like, we're super young, but they got better throughout and they've got some really exciting pieces. And yeah. you look at a guy like Alec Ponder, who like last year they went into the season with like, they were going to split some time and have Matthew, um, gosh, darn it off the top of my head. I'm missing his, Matthew, uh, Bailey. Matthew Bailey. Yep. Yeah. He uh, have him play some quarterback and ponder and Bailey was more of a running threat. Um, that quickly changed and, and ponder took firm control of that. And I, I I'm going to mess up the numbers, but boy, one of his last games, I think he threw five or six touchdowns. I mean, he was, he was really, really good late, especially. And, and Matthew Bailey's a division one football player. He's, he's super talented. It's going to be fun to watch him develop. Um, Gavin Grace is a running back for him, them. That's, that's great. You're going to hear his name a lot this year, the line, a lot of returners from the line. It's going to be a big offensive line. And then coach Morris, he's super excited about the defensive side of the football. Got a lot of guys back on the defensive side as well. So, um, that's kind of like we were talking earlier about UT and if Matthew Kelly, you know, develops and, and plays well as a sophomore, what can happen when you play younger guys, you might take some lumps. And I think last year at two and four record, they took some lumps and lost some close games, but that's going to pay dividends in the future. And the future's here. The future's yep. now. And, and Moline, Moline's, they're going to be really, it's, it's hard to handicap this race because it's going to be, nobody's going to go undefeated, are they? Like, I mean, this is going to be really a, a good, a good league. And, and Moline's right up there with some of the best talent wise with some of those teams. Yeah. We'll talk more about it at the, at the very end as we kind of wrap everything up, yeah, yeah. but it is, I believe this race is wide open. I mean, we've referenced, you know, three or four teams already that I think like if things go right, you know, the ball bounces right for them. They could be in the mix. You know, they could win the conference. And Molina is certainly one of those teams. When you look at all of the pieces they have coming back, I think in reading the notes that uh, coach Morrissey sent me, I think the big thing for them is consistency on both sides of the ball. I think you saw, touchdowns in bunches on offense, but then maybe there were some times where they didn't convert when they needed to. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, you know, you look at a game like the Sterling game, which I'm sure coach Morrissey doesn't want me to bring it up, but that's a game where, you know, they had the big lead and then gave it back. So I think you look at that yeah. consistency on both sides of the ball to keep themselves in positions where, you know, scoring, you're getting downfield, you're stopping, you know, on a more regular basis. That, that seems to me like a big thing, but yeah, I'm excited to see what this team will do. Cause you know, the, like we said, the flashes they showed last year and a lot of those pieces are all back in place. They had, can, they had close games in, in two different ways. They would have a close game with Sterling, which it was a shootout and there was a ton of points scored yep. and they, they dropped that game and they had a, a, a low scoring affair with Alleman where you know, the Pioneers controlled the football a lot and kind of took them out of the rhythm on, on offense by just not getting the football, and they lost that one close as well. So, again, young teams maybe not getting over the hump at some point, and then they finally get over the hump, and, and they and they went. And it's funny because 
how what was Morrissey's win streak in the Western Big Six? Like, I think he went like a million games without losing. And <laughs> it had been a while. We had, yeah, we had joked. I, I think I te- texted some of the coaches all together last year and was just like, why can't you win a game? What's wrong? Like, just joking. And, <laughs> and so it was just weird to see them not like, but like I said, another great coach in the Western Big Six with a, a ton of energy, like a ton of energy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like there's young coaches in the Western Big Six, like, um, Ben Hammer and I have a ton of energy, but when it, and but when it comes to Mike Morrissey, like he's like that dog when you get home and like he's been inside all day. He got him the, out. Like sometimes, like that's how excited Mike is. Like he gets fired up. He gets ready to roll. So, that is the perfect way thought. to describe it. That's <laughs> the like, perfect. I'll ask you at the end, but we do Mike Dubs with all these coaches. Yeah, and some of the best of the best. I don't know if you saw Nick Welch's this year that we had on the score. Yeah, but and and John Schlemmer mm-hmm. and yep. like Mike Morrissey, yes, sir. Like, I mean, there's some Hall of Fame, like when it comes to Mike Dups, like some of the best of the best that we ever had are here in the Western Big Six. So, I, yep. I Coach Morrissey's listening to this going, You're an idiot, but um, <laughs> obviously, great dude and and super passionate about what he does. Yep. I mean, they have the Mike Morrissey um indoor facility over there now, that's what they call it, right. Oh, I, I don't know. I've seen it. I don't know. Like, that's one of my, it's one of my jokes that I'm going to tell on Wednesday right. about, he, he, you know, but anyways, uh, I'm excited to watch Moline, um, see what they do. And obviously they got pretty good uniforms too. So they, we'll see uh, how the Maroons do. The best in the Western big six. And they came in number two overall. So yeah, very the good best, uniforms. So any, everybody else listening to that other coaches, that's Greg Armstrong. <laughs> what's the, what's the email address? So, because you, you know, Hammer has Hammer. He must not listen to the uniform one yet. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah. Um. Because if like there's Rock a guy Island, that doesn't like Rock Island, some love, but uh, yeah. I if I'm going love. if I'm going best uniform, I'm going Moline in the Western Big Six. The white helmet with the <laughs> with the M that seals the deal for me. It's it's great. Yeah, Looks no, perfect. So last thing to mention when it comes to you know we've talked a lot about the skill players and the offense that Moline has coming back. They have all five starters on the offensive line coming back as well. So when you look at trying to establish things, man, like there's the, there's the hidden secret right there. If you get some experienced line play. So I think that's another thing that, you know, those linemen, if they're listening, they're getting their shout out right there. I think that's a big key to Moline opens on the road at Burbank, St. Lawrence uh, in week one. Burbank, St. Lawrence is Chicagoland area, I believe. Yeah. So that's their week one opponent. Now we'll go uh, out of the Quad City area, go way down to Quincy. Um, Quincy struggled a little bit last year too. Um, looking at them this year, it seems to me like they're going to be young. They don't have a whole lot of experience coming back. But um, from what I've heard, there's talent at the younger levels um, coming up. So I think you know, exciting things coming, whether you see it this year or not. But um, yeah, what do you what do you know about Quincy this year? Um, so I got a hold of our friend Chris Stewart, who's like the the goat of Quincy. So he's, he's Mr. Like Quincy, man. Probably yeah. like the Quincy. He's amazing. Yeah, he is, and he's as good as he's a good dude. Yeah, and um, if you don't if you don't follow probably... him on Twitter, you're the only one who doesn't follow him on Twitter because he is all over Twitter. He broke. I think he broke the news about Iowa getting a shot clock. He did. Yep. And so like he, and he, I mean, not even that he's just like, he, he's like that old school, like 
hey, I'm going to get to a million things today, and I'm going to yep. get as many kids on TV as possible. So super good dude. And I say he's a super – I feel like he's, like, a close good friend. I don't think I've ever met him in person. Uh, see, I think I've only met him a couple times. Yeah, but – Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think – maybe I have. So, but anyways, said super young, um, three-person quarterback battle kind of brewing. Okay. One of them interesting is is Rick Little, the head coach. His, his son is a freshman, Braden. Okay. And there's a lot of people that think he might end up being the best of the bunch and maybe sooner than later. So Jesus Johnson's back at running back. They got a, a good wide receiver, Malachi Lewis. And, but yeah, just kind of same thing. And like, maybe they're what Moline was last year, yep. you know, where like youth and, and you'll see, you'll see the talent you'll see. Like for me, youth is like always exciting and they can play well when they can do good things. It's, it's consistency, it's winning close games, it's experience late in fourth quarters and all that kind of stuff. So um, senior Shammy Gay, he said, is the, maybe the fastest player in the Western Big Six. All right. So interesting to see what he is and stuff. So, but yeah, Quincy um, struggled a little bit this spring and it may be a downfall, but I think the future is bright for them when it comes to maybe projecting out two or three years. This, this Quincy team seems like, based on some of the teams we've named that have a little more experience, but this Quincy team seems like for as wide open as the big six is, they're going to steal a win or two in the Western big six. You know what I mean? They're going to come away with a win that you think, Oh, I didn't see that one coming, you know, and they're, I don't know what team is going to be against, oh, but I just, you, you know, you're going to see it. Especially at home. Yeah. Like, yep. You still have to go down. Like, I mean, think about Sterling. Like we think about the Glen city teams and having to go down there, but Sterling's even farther away. I'm not yeah. saying they're going to be like, not saying that Sterling's losing to Quincy or anything, but like, it is an it's 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 an advantage to have teams come down there. Now, obviously, they got to come up here for the half their schedule and stuff. So yep. we'll see how Quincy does, how good they are. But I feel safer about saying like they're not going to be very good because like that's not my viewing area. So like that's <laughs> you can get away with it. Like, sure. Nah. Yeah, exactly. You you you, you got to be careful. You've got subscribers everywhere. So, but um, um, we'll see. And then of course, hey, we'll always have good highlights at WQAD from like the teams are down in Quincy because of Chris Dewar. He's exactly. Musical. Yep, exactly. So they actually so they have a great they have a great week one opener. They open at home against Quincy Notre Dame. So oh, that's huge yeah. for you know, for the for the town of Quincy, the city of Quincy. That's you know that's the game in week one. You know, I feel like Dan Mikarowicz is just going to be sitting in the fifth yard line for that, like just ready to rock. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure he'll be all Quincy over it. Yeah, as well with like the Q and D background, and so yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting. Yep. All right, let's move down the list. Dazzo, have you ever heard of Rock Island Alleman? Do you know them? Are you familiar with that school? Is it Alleman or Alleman? How do they pronounce that? <laughs> if I only had yes, a graduate here that could tell me that, I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. Um, no. Yes, I have heard of the Pioneers, and and it's a, it's a nice little school on top of the hill. All right, that's right. Well, let's get into it. New first-year head coach, Fritz Deodone. And, man, Dazzo, when you talk about a resume coming in as a high school, as a first-year high school football coach, you cannot find more experience than what Deodone brings in here, can you? No, Fritz is, and he's a good dude, man. He is as good as gold. Um, really enjoyed talking to him, getting to know him a little bit. Um, people that I have high respect for um, signed off on him when it came to like me asking them about him and stuff like that. Yeah. But you mentioned like he's been at Ambrose, he's been at Assumption, he's been yeah. at United Township, he's been at Rock Island, and he's not like moving around because he's not good. Yeah, you know, it's not like he's he's just he's building his resume and 
And um, he was ready to be, he is ready to be a, a head coach in the Western League Six. And, and, and I, I, I wish him the absolute best of luck. It's, it's a different coaching staff and, and not, nothing to do with Fritz, but like the, the, the coaching staff that last last year, I think I was talking to somebody else the other day, you're looking at like, so Todd DePorter was the head coach. Yep. And he, he, he stepped down and, and retired. And along with Todd went David Jager, who, and then you had Mike Tracy on that staff. Think Jeez. of those three yeah. guys and the yeah. amount of career victories. I was going to go look it up and I just got lazy, but like <laughs> the amount of career victories, the amount of state appearances, the amount of playoff victories, the amount of state championship games that those three have been in and done with. Um, it's a completely different staff. There's no holdovers from last year to this year. Yep. And so, and, and there, there's a numbers problem element. I do not have the time nor the ability or probably getting trouble to, to go off on what exactly that is all about. And that's for other people to figure out and deal with and, and everything else. But um, numbers are down and it's yeah. not like every year you go to assumption, you go to Owlman and that's the first thing that a Todd reporter would say, or I was just over with Wade King last week. And it's at a, at a Catholic school, at a private school, numbers are going to always be an issue. There, there's not many kids there. And so they're not going to have a JV team. They're going to put yeah. everybody together. He's hoping to have 30 to 35 kids and they're hoping to get some, you know, I think he told me he's hoping to get, you know, 10 to 12 plays out of some of the younger guys just to give those, those, those seniors and those older guys a breather here and there, and then kind of go from there. Um, but so I'm not trying to paint a bleak picture. Numbers are down. Fritz is fantastic. The best player in the entire conference is probably at all. Yeah, and let's talk about it. Charles yeah. Jagasaw, who's one of the best offensive linemen, and then of course he'll play defensive line as well. Um, talk about a young man who struggled with some injuries, so he wasn't like totally healthy, and got his tape out this year. He's got six D1 offers. Notre Dame just offered this young man. I've had I've had people tell me he might be the best offensive line prospect in the entire nation. There was a kid at Southeast Polk. Yeah. Um, um, Proctor, I think, is his last name. And he's been offered by everybody, including Alabama. And he's as good as it gets. Charles isn't too far behind, I don't think, when it comes wow. to brawl ability, 6'6", 280. I mean, he looks the part. He is the part. And while Alleman's had a lot of transfers, give this young man credit for, like, hey, there's changes. There's stuff going on. It's different eras, different stuff going on at the school. And he wants to be a pioneer. He wants to be with his teammates. So give him credit for, for, for being a building block. And that's what, you know, my preview with Alleman was kind of about is, you know, if you need a building block, <laughs> he's literally a pretty good foundation when you're 6'6 <laughs> six, six and you're two, 285 and stuff. So he's He's really good. They got a young man next to him. On you're gonna help me with the name. Jason Bowker was the other name that. Uh, yeah, Fritz, and he's he's a junior. Yep, Fritz he's mentioned a good that those guys as well. Fritz mentioned those guys would be kind of anchored together on the line. That they were gonna be, you know, kind of some difference makers, a, a strength yeah. heading and, into the season. And I would like to think that even my old butt would be able to run for five yards behind those guys. Right. So they're going to want to run the football. Um, Quentin Fonseca is going to be the quarterback charismatic young man really enjoyed that interview. Um, I think a junior um, looked good in practice. So we'll see what he can do. Torres is the running back that will get a lot of carries, but with, without um, Brink, Noah Brinkman's a wide receiver. So there's, they've got some pieces, they got some parts, but when you're that low on numbers, I mean, it really is stay healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy. Hey, I mean, 
going, you're going to go to mass every day with Father Mirabelli just to make sure these guys stay healthy. You know what I mean? So um, it's going to be an uphill battle. I think coach was great because he said, I think we're just, we're just good enough to be scary and to scare some teams. So it'll be an interesting dynamic um, to see what happens with this football team, but some really good kids. And I have really enjoyed my interactions with Fritz as well. And here's the thing. And now Derek Blackwell was right after, I think literally the day after Fritz. Yeah. But don't sleep on what that means. And the, 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 um, the significance of in the history of football in the Western big six, Fritz is the first African-American head coach. Wow. Yeah. And wow. That's that, that's, it's, 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 and we, and I talked to him about that when we met, when he, uh, when he was uh, named the head coach and, and it's, it means a lot. It means a lot to him. It means a lot to a lot of the, the, to players, and not just about, you know, the Western big six and like to see these guys and now Blackwell as well, kind of leading their programs and all that kind of stuff. So um, really cool for that. And he's, he's as good as a gold man. He's a, he's a good guy. So we wish, I wish him well as a, as an alum and all that kind of stuff. And it could be a, could be a learning process because there's tons of youth, yeah, tons of youth. And we've talked about that on the podcast and what it means and everything, but um, uh, really good, one, at least one really, 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 really good player. And there's some <laughs> talent there as well. So we'll see what are your thoughts on Alleman and what you've kind of learned about. Him. Well, I was going to say that, that uh, surpasses now the first hour of the Alleman podcast. There's two hours left of the Alleman <laughs> podcast. Sorry, we waited, we waited, we waited. So thank God when you did alphabetical order, when you said alphabetical order, I'm like, you're going to make me do Alleman first, but luckily it's Rock Island Alleman when it comes to the That's right. website. So like, That's yeah. right. What I think as far as the JV schedule being canceled for Alleman, I think it's an aggressive move, but I think that it makes sense in terms of let's keep everybody healthy for the games that really matter. You know, if there's a risk of, if numbers are low and there's a risk of injury, why risk it in the JV game? I know you're going to get those kids more experience. I get that, but they're going to get that experience at the varsity level. So Mm -hmm. I think it's an aggressive move, but I think hopefully for only one year, it's the right move to make. And um, I think the other interesting note um, from Fritz's comments to me about the upcoming season, um, they're looking to develop a passing game. And he said that their offensive scheme will pass the ball more than they've seen in the past, than Allman has seen in the past. So, well, okay, <laughs> okay fine. That's, that's like, I, there's so many analogies that I can say and none of them are appropriate. So <laughs> I'll text them to you later, but that's, I mean, what are they going to throw the ball three times so now they throw three two? times and like, that's more than they used to pass so yeah, yeah i mean good lord like they literally played keep away from moline to perfection last year and beat moline yeah so but yeah no i know what you mean and that's i i would believe that too i mean i think you know it gets to a point sometimes where you know kids like that like kids want to kids want to throw the football kids want to do something different than than just the same offense over and over now the problem is that Alleman, that offense i mean you get to you go to we talked about Geneseo if it ain't broke, don't fix it, reinventing the wheel. Like Alleman is that what I mean? I, I could have done the, the interview if Todd was still the head coach because that was what he, you know, we were going to run the football and yep. all that kind of stuff. And they did, it, they did it very well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that offense and what that kind of stuff looks like. So, yep. Well, um, I think Alleman has another um, interesting week one matchup. They will be at home hosting uh, Davenport Assumption. So Davenport Assumption comes over from, from the Iowa side to uh, 
take on the Catholic school rivalry here in the Quad Cities. And that's a game that's been going on for a couple of years. And it's good that Iowa opened up their borders to let that game happen because it's just an interesting, fun game for this area. And that's the only one, unfortunately. Oh, this year it is the only one, come, yeah. I think it's the only one. And we were hoping before this pandemic hit, that was the exciting thing because we were hoping like PV and Moline and like, I don't know if these were actually games. Or no, North like, Scott, North Scott was going to play Sterling. That was one that was on the list. That's right. Yep. Yeah, like think of that. I know. They won a state championship. Yeah, that's true. Wow. That would have been a great game. That would have been a really fun game to watch. We need to get that this this pod your podcast needs to campaign for that to happen so that we have more great matchups like that. Bettendorf versus Rocky. Yeah. Moline versus PV. Sterling versus North Scott. Absolutely. All right. We're going to Ben Hammer's Rock Island Rocks. Good year last year. And they bring some talented pieces back. Last year, they were four and two. Um, Eli Reese is back. He was a difference maker for them. Um, Kai Rios was a name that we called out last year. Um, he's back. I think you saw, I mean, you saw the potential they have and the, the way they played. They were one of the best offenses in a league that had a lot of great offense. They were right there in the mix. Um, and they seemed to be right back in the same spot. Yeah, finished tied for second, I guess, would be at four and two. You mentioned Eli Reese, a guy who can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his his legs as well. Just that dynamic dude. I don't know. I was talking to a buddy of mine um, last night while we were having a little cookout, and he came up and because he's a super good basketball player, like trying to figure out where he projects at the next level and which sport he's going to end up playing and all that kind of stuff because he's a, a really talented young man and and Marion Anderson's back, and you mentioned Rios. They do lose, like, they lose some guys. They lose some leaders. Now, Cole yeah. Rusk wasn't there very long. He transferred in from Rock Ridge, um, but a good football player. Yep. Um, but Perry Slater and Jalen Brozovich, I know, are two guys that 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 um, Coach Hammer loved. And just yep. leaders and guys that did it right and, and, and led the locker room and all that kind of stuff. So um, those are guys they're going to need to replace, but that offense is going to be super dynamic. And Coach Hammer's probably going to hate and like, get mad at me because I said, but they got to, the defense is, is another, it's another year where the defense probably has to, has to, has to get some more stops, right? Yeah. And I think I mean, they will. I, yep. And I, they're on the, like when your offense scores as quickly as they score, like it, it can be a challenge at times, but I think their defense will be better. Um, I talked to Celia went over to do our preview over there and she kind of thought that as well. And, and it's, it's, it's another team where we, we talked about, talented offenses coming back when you have a ponder coming back to lead the Moline offense and you have an Eli Reese coming back to lead a rock Island offense. Um, Those are, those are two really good signal callers. This offense is going to be really, really, really good. Yeah. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, coach hammer described, you know, three areas that they're looking to improve getting off the field on third down team tackling team consistency. So that all plays Mm -hmm. into, yep. If the defense is a little stronger, this team will go a long way because that, that, you know, that's what he's referencing as things that need to be, you know, improved upon. I think the other interesting thing is you talked about um, some of that senior leadership they had last year and coach hammer described this year's senior leaders as being one of the strengths of this team is that they do have really strong senior leadership. So I think that's a sign of a great program. If you feel really good about the seniors that you have, but you also knew that you had a good group that just graduated. You know, that's, that's the sign of a great program when year in and year out, you're going to get that solid leadership. 
Uh, you look at what Coach Hammer has done with that program, and I love giving Ben a hard time and stuff, but he's just done a fantastic job. Yeah. And now, mind you, that's a program that's in play. Like Vic Boblet did a fantastic job with that, but um, he, su- he does such a good job of, I mean, coaching and getting his team ready and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, he's all in with Rock Island. Like, he's, he's there – tweeting about a basketball team doing really well or the softball team rocking and rolling and, and the other sports and, and getting kids excited about football and getting them out for football. And, and I, and he's just a, his culture is, is really, really good. And um, yeah, I mean, th- this is a team that, that can win the Western big six. Yep. I know that's a goal of theirs and a goal of theirs is to, I mean, we got playoffs this year and I know they want to get to the playoffs and, and do some special things. And I'm just excited to watch, this offense and you mentioned like the defense and getting off the field on third down the defense isn't it's so close and like there's such good talent on it and there's such good athleticism and like the defense isn't a bad defense it's just it seems like the last couple of years they've been so close but it's it's the things that they coach hammer mentioned getting off the field on third down consistency when tackling and, and those kind of things and 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 if they can get those things fine-tuned I love his staff. You look at his staff and it's like every guy we used to cover at, at rock, at rock Island. Yeah. You look at some of the, the assistant coaches that they have and all that kind of stuff. So they bring that energy, they bring that rock town pride. And then you throw in what coach hammer has been doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it should be a ton of fun. Who do they open with? I'm, they, I'm just gonna say, I'm they open, they open at, they open at home against Pekin. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's what's their first Western big six game. They will open uh, Western Big Six play week three against Alleman. That'll be at Augustana gotcha. at Alleman. So they um and they didn't play Alleman last year. Um, one of the things we did last year during the fall because we had a half hour show to fill, and we didn't have an Illinois side of the river is we did um, score coaches challenges, and they yeah. were a lot of fun. And one of the best ones we did was Coach Hammer versus Coach Morrissey or the Moline versus yeah, and they did bags. And I will say because he's listening, Ben Hammer beat Mike Morrissey in backs. Okay. But his staff, like he had, it was, it was five games going on, and, Mo, and uh, Moline won three out of five games. Okay. So they won and win. And so uh, Ben had to put, Coach Hammer had to put a, a Moline shirt on. <laughs> oh. And he was like, I mean, you, that's a, that was a big, mean, mad guy at that point. Like, <laughs> I mean, he was not happy about that. So that probably like burning his so skin Western. as he puts it on. And it's just, yeah, he was just like, his face was red. I mean, and, and it wasn't like a, an act either. You know what I mean? Like some guys yeah. are hammering it up and playing. Yeah. Up. You know, he was just, he was not happy at all. So great guy. And like, we'll see how uh, exciting to see what Rock Island will do this year. They've been good every year that he's there. And I'm sure they'll be fantastic again this year. Yeah, I think that they're a team that is right in the mix. There's several of them, but they are they're a team right at the top of the list as far as potential uh, Western Big Six champions. Speaking of Western Big Six champions, last but not least, the Sterling Golden Warriors. They did win the conference last year at five and one. But man, like you said, the headlines were kind of stolen away from them in week six because United Township went to their place and beat them. And that was their first loss in the Western Big Six, correct? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, because this is year three we're doing this. Yeah. And they were perfect the last, the year before that. I mean, I mean his program and what John Schlemmer's done 
over the last five years or whatever it is now, but is really good. I mean, he's, and, and we talk about good guys. I mean, it's a broken record, but you and I both know he's as good as they get. I mean, he's giving my kids Tootsie Pops on the sidelines. He's giving me Tootsie Pops on the sidelines, all that kind of stuff. So he knows the way to our heart is food and candy, but um, just a good guy and a really good football coach. And he's done it in so many different ways. Like yeah. they've had teams that are just explosive and fast and will score at will. And then like last year was more of a big up front pounded a little bit, good defense. Um, so it, it's just, it's, it's, it, what impresses me about coach Schlemmer is he will be, he will find out how, what his talents and strengths are. And he will, he will play to those talents, to those strengths and, and they will, they will win football games. And that's what they did last year. I mean, the way they came back, against Moline without their quarterback. I think Aponte played quarterback that game and it was just, they were and weren't shorthanded, but they, they were losing, they, they were missing some good players and to fall behind as much as they did and to come back to win that game. Um, I'm not take nothing away from UT, but it was like, I mean, and I'm not saying it was a letdown, but they, they won the Western big six that week at Moline with that thrilling comeback. Yep. So um but yeah, I mean, we kind of almost forget that they're the Western Big Six champions because of, of, of what UT did the last week of the year and all that kind of stuff. But super good um, program and always love getting up to Sterling and going to be a good game this year, I'm sure. Yeah, like you said, I think that um, Coach Schlemmer and that coaching staff, they take the roster they have and I feel like every year they maximize all the potential they have there. They maximize all the talent they have and turn it into winning football. And so this year, you know, it, it could be, um, you know, there, there could be challenges because I think that they are a team that were hurt um, by the spring season. I think they had some guys go down with injuries. And so like we've talked about with other teams, uh, Geneseo being one of them with the quick turnaround, there's guys that just, they aren't ready to go, you know, that, that football banged them up and then it's, it's too quick of a turnaround. And so that's tough. There are some guys that'll be out um drew kested is back at quarterback for him um he was a name that we called out early in the season last year um carter ryan is a wide receiver that we'll see playing and then you look on the defensive side of the ball junior farnham and tyree kelly were um both impact players that are back for sterling i think overall though um coach slummer said there's just they're going to be green you know to start the year there's guys that are going to have to figure things out quick and kind of learn, you know, how to be that, you know, starting football player on the team. You know, like we talked about with other teams, you can't afford to be a junior. You have to kind of be that starting player. You know, doesn't forget what year you are or what your experience level is. You got to be ready to go and be that next man up. So I think that's kind of where they're going to, um, you know, need to get things going right away. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and, um, you think back to last well, the spring, which wasn't that long ago. Yeah. But their defense was really good. Yes. Um, I, mean, I remember Rock Island went up there, and I think it was a closer game at the end, final score-wise. Rock Island had a good fourth quarter and played well late. But I think through three quarters, like, that Rock Island team that we talked about with – I mean, they put, I think they're still scoring touchdowns against some teams. Yeah. And um, I think they only had three points, so they were shut out through three quarters. Yeah, they really – that's a good – yeah, that's a good callback because they really did stifle Rock Island's offense. That was a huge effort from Sterling's defense. Yeah, you're right. That that Sterling defensive unit, I think, um, you know, was really well hyped up 
by the end of the year <clears throat> for good reason because they played really well. And then they went to Moline, and Moline like had I think I got there from UT at, where I started my night, and I got there and it was like 28 points already. Like after and Moline, and so like yeah, it was just a crazy spring and everything like that. With just it was fun. Don't get me wrong; it was great to have football, but it was just a different different vibe and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the cool part about this year, Greg, is that we have it just feels normal. It feels right. It feels normal. It's back to, I think I was telling Corey this last week and Celia, this is the most excited I've been for high school football year in my 20 years of doing this. And it's not even close just because of what we've kind of distance makes the heart grow fonder. And like, yeah, last year we got it all in, or we had some semblance of football on both sides, but it wasn't normal. It wasn't the same. And so to have everybody together doing the same thing, and, and those Friday nights that they're supposed to be in the fall is something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I think me and Mitch referenced it on our first podcast. I think what's really exciting is like, man, I'm just ready to get back into conference races and that discussion of how many teams are going to get to that five or six wins to get that playoff eligibility and then playoffs and breaking down playoff matchups and round one and if they win and who they, you know, I love that stuff and we missed it last year. You know, it was, it was a lot <laughs> that wasn't the same. Did you guys ever, I mean, I'm sure you did. I, we always, especially in the spring, like, man, if, if, I wonder if Rockridge played Princeton, what would happen? Or yeah. I would say like, you know, it, it, how good is Princeton? Like could Princeton win this? Or if, look at UT, like it's yep. their best season in, in whatever years and they didn't get a chance to play a playoff game. Yeah, you know, so like that's the unfortunate part about it, and you know what they did at UT was awesome. But can you imagine a Friday night or a Saturday playoff game? Oh, and what if they'd have gotten a first round like playoff and, game, I know, and they yeah. get that win and all that kind of stuff, and 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 even just to project out like their first two games were losses, but they had four more left. They were playing as good as anybody in the. I mean, they went two Sterling beat Sterling. You're telling yeah. me they're not going six and three, seven and two? I know I, uh, it's just all that kind of stuff. And you look in. And so that's the fun part is to start thinking about like playoff points yep. <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's back. It's exciting. Um, and the Western big six, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Okay. I told Mitch Stormer in my 15 years of covering Western big six, I think this is the most wide open conference race that I can ever remember because I mean there's legit what five teams that you could maybe make an argument that they could win it I won't say which ones but yes <laughs> yeah there's I know I won't make you say them but yeah, don't you because, think I, mean, I think so you, I was like as you went to do that I went looked at my list of the conference I was like that team that team <laughs> yep that team yep. yeah and, there's 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 four maybe five okay yep there's but three there's three that i'm like man and then there's like two others that i'm like okay if things go their way see like they're gonna be they're gonna be really good yep so and i don't think like, i don't which think ones are which? <laughs> yeah, i don't think anybody's going undefeated in the western big six i just no i don't see that happening i can't i mean if they do then I can't wait to watch them in the playoffs because they have something absolutely special going on. But yeah, I mean, Moline Rock Island is going to be awesome. That's going to Sterling be- Rocky is going to be awesome. Yep. You know, um, Jeff, 
Rocky Geneseo again. Can Geneseo beat Rock Island again? And now it's at probably it's at Bob Reed Field because it was at Rock Island last year. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, just United Township Moline, like yep. especially after UT beat them last year. It's it's going to be the matchups are awesome. The the score to, I can't wait. We do our score talkbacks so where we mic up it. We afterwards we'll do a live interview with the coaches and and I can't wait to some of the last second victories and all that kind of stuff. It's just yeah, I think it's as wide open as it's ever been, and I think. I think that when it comes to the postseason, because there's been really close. I'm trying to think back to 2019, and you're like me. You have four kids, so you don't remember like yesterday sometimes. And <laughs> I know. Like, but I'm trying to think back to 2019, that it was a good year for the conference in conference. But I know recently there's been some tough years in the playoffs. Yeah. Where they haven't tra- – it hasn't translated. To, I think this – I think they're going to – there can be a team. There's going to be at least one or two teams that, that can make the state quarterfinals. That'd be huge. Is that crazy? Yep. I, I Especially because you're probably projecting bigger schools. You're probably projecting bigger schools doing these kind of things. So yep. um, maybe there's a team that makes the state quarterfinals. I don't maybe two is maybe too much. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think that just it's not going to be a letdown when it comes to the postseason. I think it's not just an intriguing conference. But I think they can make some noise after conference plan in the postseason, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. No, I think the potential is all there. And man, if you had two teams from the Western Big Six in the quarterfinals. Yeah. How thrilling. Would that be amazing? So I wonder when last time that was. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. Now that I said that's probably been, <laughs> my, but I guess Geneseo and Alabama, but Geneseo probably wasn't in the Western Big Six. Yeah. But so they're in it now. Yep. But yep. they're in it now. So mm-hmm. I mean, because Geneseo and Alabama probably have been in state semifinals in the same year. Yeah, I, I think so. Say. No, mm-hmm. probably not. No. So no, we need, because where's I don't Brian think we've Stockton ever had like mean? a. No, because it's been a while since we've had a busier Saturday at state. Yeah, it's been a few years since we've had multiple teams at state for sure. Yeah, so maybe I'm getting a maybe I'm just trying to get brownie points with the coaches. There so you go. Oh, you're like always trying to do that. So yeah, Brian, and I'll I guarantee you I'll get complaints from all of them about something I've said, which is great. <laughs> so less less than two weeks, Dazzo, and we'll be uh, we'll be hanging out hanging out and covering some well, what we do what we do is we all get together and have lunch so we'll we'll, we'll hope that greg can sneak away to do that yeah then we go get polar pops during every friday on and and if you don't know what a polar pop is shame on you <laughs> and so we will we will drop by greg a polar pop at augustana so I he can it. stay hydrated i have to, and yes. then we'll get him we'll get him we'll get him ready to rock and roll and the craziness will begin but i'm super excited we last year during the fall we moved our show outside we literally moved our show outside after like the first two weeks because yeah. of covid and protocols with wqad and tegna so we can be inside and do the show inside this year but we had a ton of fun out in the patio with the grill and, and all that kind of stuff and and we we're like you know we figured it out on the fly last year and now we don't have to figure it out on the fly we can be prepared so we're gonna be outside again grilling out having hot dogs and burgers and brats and everything else and and kind of have some fun and score talkbacks and score mic'd ups and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been way too long and I'm ready to rock and roll. And it's crazy to think that like, I'm taking this Friday off. Okay. My wife's out of town, but like, if she was out of town the next Friday, <laughs> sorry, like it's, <laughs> it's from now until it's now until Thanksgiving and yep. probably after that we it's, you know, what we'll be doing on Friday nights and it's, 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 you know it. It's especially and the Western Big Six is great. Don't get me wrong, but like 
every community embraces high school football in such a way that that it's it's so cool like geneseo driving into geneseo driving into mercer county driving in up to eldridge like it's that you see the lights you go to the lights and you you friday night lights is i know cliche but it's it's what our area is about and it's, yeah. it's a ton of fun and as competitive as i am our our area is super spoiled like yeah and pearson started all that nonsense but like that it, it's there's high school teams that get better coverage than college teams in some markets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So oh yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's, it's fun. And the, if you're wondering which one to watch, it's the score on WQAD only half hour show in town at 10 30 on Friday nights. You, it's, it's great. I love, I love what, what we did when I was there. I love what you've continued to do. Um, it's, that's why I'm doing this podcast. Cause I, you know, I just like talking about it. I like featuring the teams, the players, the coaches in our area. It's a ton of fun. And I think we have a great community of high school athletics in high school football. Um, so I'm just excited to get back to it. Yeah, I'm excited to walk the sidelines, talk to some coaches, talk to the, you know, the people that you see when you run into different, you know, stadiums and different places. So it's going to be a ton of fun and we'll, uh, we'll get to it. So Thank Thanks you for having for, me on, buddy. Yeah, this was great. Thank you for coming on. And uh, you actually, you seem prepared. So I'll give you credit. You, you knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I, I can fool anybody. I can <laughs> fool anybody. But you know right. what? You've helped me be prepared for when it comes to the banquet on Wednesday. And remember, if you guys are listening to this, um, get out and support it. Get out and support high school athletics. Um, everything these schools went through last year, um, they, they need support now more than ever. And it's been, it, we didn't get to do the banquet last year. So yep. get out to the banquet, enjoy some great food, um, enjoy the coaches and get ready for the high school football season. And then this year, get out and enjoy games. Cause you don't know, we've learned, I think it's cliche. We don't know when, I mean, I don't, basketball didn't have, have fans. You yeah. know what I mean? So that'll be mm-hmm. fun when that comes back, hopefully. So like, just get out and enjoy it and get back to as, as normal as we can with everything going on. All right. Awesome. Well, to uh, those listening, go ahead and uh, head over to WQAD.com. Check out all the uh, high school football previews. You guys will have, I'm sure, a whole preview show. And then, yeah, Friday nights at 1030, 1035. We will have a preview show next Sunday. So Sunday, um, August That'd be the, 22nd. Yep. Yep. Um, 1035 on WQAD, the score. Um, and our expert covering the Illinois side of the river will be none other than, I believe, unless he's bailing on me. <laughs> Greg, hey, Greg Armstrong. If you're calling me an expert, West. man, I'll be there. I'll take that. Yeah, we were like, and, and like, we got to have costs on for the Iowa side. And it's like, you got to have Greg on for the Illinois. So hopefully now you're ready for the old, now you're ready for the preview show. That's right. And you're paying Thank me in Polar Pops, right, to be on? Oh, you will be well hydrated, my friend. You will be well hydrated for the score before and after the score, Greg. We'll make sure your hydration level is A-OK. That's perfect. That sounds good to me. All right. Well, we'll see you. We'll get doing this for real in less than two weeks, which is awesome. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. 
You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.